Blog Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Women's Grace and Grit, Crossing the Bridge of Midlife. And um, today is Friday the 13th, a most auspicious days, day in the um, wisdom traditions of the old, um, even though in the contemporary tradition it's thought to be a cursed day. Um, that's, a, that's a whole podcast right there. Um, however, I consider it, as did the wise women of the past, uh, an auspicious day. And, um, you know, what's, what's to lose in thinking that, that there's magic afoot and um, positive possibilities can come in to your day. So today's show is titled Crossing the Bridge of Midlife. And the reason I'm doing another midlife, um, another podcast on midlife, another show on midlife, is it really is, um, it is a time of coming to a fork in how you will choose to live the rest of your life. We didn't, on a personality, kind of conscious awareness choice, get to choose the first half of our experiences as much as, you know, we, we, um, we, our personality, our conscious awareness didn't choose our parents, didn't choose the homes, didn't choose the friends. And, you know, we spill out of the childhood years into the young adult and um, kind of establishing oneself years. But come midlife, um, and this is true for men and women, but I'm going to focus on women today, you get to a certain place and your hormones <laughs> are very happy to help you. Um, you know, again, I, I do consider the body one of the most trustworthy um, places of truth and wisdom. Your body will begin to put you through things to say, what do you plant your flag for? What's really true for you? Not for your parents, not for your family, not for your children, not even for your spouse or partner, but for you. Because, because in clarity of that, what is really true for you, you will pick the fork to then honor that, live that, you know, basically be devoted to that, be, be, in, be in integrity with that, be congruent with that. The other choice at the fork, because there's two choices, is to continue to blame others, believe others, default to others, running your life, making your choices, creating the rest of your life. And the gift of the hormones, you know, as I call them, the raging hormones, um, is really to kind of shake up your world. But before I go into this more, let me read the the intro, and then I'll go into it, starting with raging hormones. <laughs> Women at midlife are called to cross the bridge from living the expectations of others to living what is true for them and their heart and soul. Midlife is a time when marriages are called to heal or die, hormones rage so you can tend to your rage, and no longer can your busyness shield your unhappiness. Having spent years fulfilling roles and to-do lists, you may have forgotten to be a woman first and confused your value with making others happy with you. Crossing the bridge of midlife is choosing to reclaim and renew yourself, giving voice to and living what your life and world is longing for. Crossing the bridge of midlife requires you renew your relationship with your spirit and soul for claiming your sovereignty and legacy as a woman. Crossing the bridge of midlife demands you no longer live by the expectations of others and buy into that your needs are selfish. 
For deep within you, you know the world is as healthy as women are happy and empowered. Today, we're going to explore being a woman, crossing the bridge of midlife, gathering strength and support in community, embracing your grace and grit as a woman. So, um, this is true, and midlife is known as the time when your life will get your attention in one way or the other. Um, As I said, your marriage will need to heal or it will die. Your health will need to become congruent um, or you will essentially begin the rest of your, you know, begin the, the, the remainder of your life um, organized by your medications. Um, your, uh, as I said, your busyness will no longer shield your unhappiness, meaning, you know, if you can outrun your sorrow and despair, well, what happens at midlife is your hormones change, your metabolism changes, and your body no longer is willing to participate in trying to outrun your sorrow and despair um, because it's meant to not be how you live this gift of a human life in sorrow and or despair. The hormones rage, as I said, so you tend to your rage. There is a default rage any conscious paying attention to women's place in the world uh, will have. Uh, and if you're not, as I say, if you're not paying attention, um, then you aren't enraged. And if you are paying attention, you are outraged. So um, the difference between enrage and outrage is enrage is you take it, you don't act on it. Outrage is you do something about it. So where all of a sudden you snap one day at someone, it's because you've been wanting to tell them something and you just didn't. So it's not a very comfortable time of life, midlife, and midlife can really be from mid-30s to mid-50s. It's a good chunk of time. Um, It's not comfortable. It's inconvenient. (laughs) Um, And again, the uh, patriarchal male oriented, centered world will tell you to take medication, antidepressants, for this to kind of, quote, unquote, relax you and get yourself under control. And the truth is you don't want to be so much in control so as much as you want to be honoring what your body and life is trying to get your attention on. It does not mean your marriage has to flame, go up in flames, does not mean um, family has to go up in flames does not mean all sorts of things, but you have to pay attention and you have to tell the truth. So this is, you know, and, and the reason I call it a bridge, it's because we're on one side, you know, one side of the bridge is the land of expectations and making everybody else happy with what you're doing. And it's a journey to go across the bridge. In other words, it's not just like you hop over. Um, it's a step-by-step bridging from one set of choices to another. Um, And again, this is not about perfection. It's about progress. Um, And, you know, so much of women's depression and despair is really this quiet knowing they have within themselves that they're not living their life. They're living the expectations of others in their life. Um, And it's a time when... If you choose the fork that says, be true to thyself, yes, you you will have relationships end. You will have people that you no longer choose to spend time with. You will 
you know, perhaps change your diet, you may move. You may couple with someone, you may uncouple from somebody. Yes, it, it is a time of change. And the price of not making changes is you will have to suppress and depress those parts of you saying, be true to thyself. Um, so this is, you know, and it's not easy. Um, this is not an easy time because, again, we live in a culture that's very pharmaceutical, um, you know, prone, meaning take a pill for it. If you don't like it, you don't feel it, you're not happy about it, it's not working for you, take a pill. Um, and don't get me wrong, um, medications can be life-saving. They have their place. They have their purpose. But it is not to damp down the life force saying, no, this isn't true for you. You know, this is hurting you. This is not, you know, of respect to you. And it's hard to find support for this. I mean, this is one of the comments I get a lot from the people I work with, which is, you know, how I work with them is not easily found, you know, to put a context into, you know, the things that they've been told all their life are wrong with them. And and I invite them instead to say, well, actually, what if you were to flip that and say that's a gift and how are you embracing it and how are you serving through it? For example, I had a a client that um, last week was talking to me about how she had struggled for, you know, almost 60 years of life with us, she was born with um, two front teeth that kind of had a split between them, had some gap. And she'd had surgeries, she'd had this, she's had that, and, um, you know, it was a place of pain and of shame for her. And I said, you know, that's funny, because I remember being at um, being at um, Grandmother Twyla, who was, a, who was a Seneca grandmother until she passed um, 10, 15 years ago, And she said, you know, we consider many of what your culture, you know, kind of the European, Eurocentric culture, Western culture, believes are defects. We consider them, you know, gifts. And, And that difference is considered an important part of a community. And she actually literally said, for example, people who have gaps in their teeth, you know, between their teeth, are thought to be, you know, people born with a lot of wisdom, that needed extra room to come out of them. So instead of trying to make your teeth look perfect in a certain way, can, you know, we help, we would suggest you look at those, those kind of things and say, that is perfect for me. And, you know, I remember being struck by that, which is, you know, what if we were to honor the thing that is different in us, the thing that isn't like everybody else's, um, the thing that, you know, we don't agree with or we think differently about. What if that is the thing the community in the long term actually needs that voice, needs that that form of wisdom, needs that way of looking at something? And that's what I do believe. I don't say this just because it's, you know, it's contrary. Um, it's a way of saying, what if this is perfect as it is? And because I can't find what that you know, find a place for it or find out what that means doesn't mean it's wrong. It means I need to expand what I believe. I need to expand the possibilities. I need to expand when that becomes known to me, for example. I know this is hard, very hard. Um, And it's part of why I have engaged pretty much 
from the time I could, um, alternative ways of looking at things, meaning studying with native teachers, going, you know, and studying with oriental and, um, uh, you know, non-European wisdom and spiritual teachers. It was so I could get a a little more well-rounded and a little more true view of how to lay down what I thought, how to encourage one size doesn't fit all. Um, and you know we're in it. We're in that time now when what used to be considered weird, woo-woo, you know, kind of radical, is actually coming onto mainstream, both in the popular culture but also the scientific culture of what is possible. And you know, we, wouldn't it be a very different experience if we were to grow up and be thought? To, to really be honored for what we saw that was different or how we responded that's different. But this is what midlife is. You know, in many traditions, um, <laughs> the terrible twos are thought to be the first adolescence. The, the hormones of the, you know, the teen years is the second adolescence. And midlife, the 35, mid-30s to mid-50s, is thought to be the third adolescence. What is adolescence? It's the willingness and the almost primal need to be differentiating yourself, to claim yourself, to be true to yourself. And so when it begins with, you know, the need to say no, meaning no, I'm not you, and of, you know, <laughs> terrible twos. And then in the teen years, it's really a claiming of one's both spirituality, the spiritual centers begin to open and the sexual centers. And in the 30, mid-30s to mid-50s, it's it's to really concretize it and say, okay, not only will I honor those impulses within me, I will actually commit to them with my body and my choices. It's it's the most engaging, it's the most real time of the three adolescents, complete with hormones, right, that kind of upset the apple cart. And uh, Christina, Christine Northrup has a fabulous book, The Wisdom of Menopause. I would highly recommend anybody who's in their 30s, 40s, 50s um, to read. And she's um, a uh, former, I think she's still an MD, um, and she began a women's health center up in Maine. And she began to study and, you know, kind of organize studies around women's hormones years of development as well as how their hormones would engage those years of development. And she found out a fascinating study, which is the hormones of menopause actually unlock centers of the brain that store trauma. So this is why you can be in a unfulfilling, unhappy marriage in your 20s, maybe even your 30s, become your 40s. You can't stand it anymore because that those trauma centers kind of unleashing themselves into conscious processing demand you pay attention to how unhappy you are and how unfulfilling this partnership is in respecting you and honoring what's true for you. It can do the opposite. It can also inspire you in that kind of information to go and get a good marriage, um, you know, therapist or healer and say, we can do this and I'm true to it, true to our partnership, but we have to do this. And again, for the difference between a midlife marriage and an early marriage, you both have to work it out. 
Early marriages, you can kind of get along on hopes, dreams, and hormones. Midlife marriage brings it to, grounds the marriage to, okay, you've been seeing no wrong, seeing everything wrong. You're in the third cycle of seven. What are you going to do? Are you going to do the work of marriage, the business of marriage, as I call it, or are you going to let go? So that's really what the midlife years are. They're a time of reconciliation of our life and our kind of our legacy of life, asking us to really up the ante on being honest and in integrity. And again, as I said, you don't have to, but if you don't, then you spend the rest of your life trying to suppress and repress it. And it does show up in your happiness. It shows up in your relationships. It can even show up in your health because there is not that artificial divide between unhappiness and what your body's doing so it's time to wrap it up um love to hear from you please check out my website i'm actually working on my mobile website so you'll be seeing some new imagery and content in the next month or so but i'll be back before then and until then friday the 13th and bless everything take care bye